We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, a lot of people will ask me, yo, Malcolm, where did you get your suit from whenever I'm getting ready for my big business meeting? And, you know, I'll tell them, you know, I only get my suits from one spot, and that's Indochino. And I tell them because, you know, Indochino, they get you the suits that just fit just right. Indochino is also the world's largest made-to-better menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can also get measured and design your suits at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can save $30 on your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE. For $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. And I gotta say, that is a, an incredible deal for made to measure clothing. You really have no excuse for, to wear any suits that don't fit. Because really, <laughs> if you're wearing oversized suits, this is not the 90s no more. You gotta get yourself a fitted suit. So there's really no excuse to get a suit that fit. The Detroit Lions lose again to the Chicago Bears, 20-13. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to break down life without Matthew Stafford for a game. We also have the Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week, and we have the most talk about topic around Detroit. Whose fault is it? Is it Matt Patricia or is it injuries? Find out on episode 59 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to episode 59 of the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This episode today is going to be sponsored by Indochinos, Harry's, and Romans. 
Before we get into the Chicago Bears game, we will not have Pierre be joining us for episode 59. We'll talk about some of his opinions throughout this podcast and some of the topics we are talking about. We'll get some of his opinions in there. The Lions now have lost four out of their last five games. So, Malcolm, you're here with me. Yes, I am. Um, let's talk about the injuries first, and then we'll get more into this game. So, the Lions did suffer some injuries into this football game. You know, Ricky Wagner uh, got a concussion. Ty Johnson got a concussion. Mike Daniels, was is that foot injury reoccurred again. I guess he should be okay, though. And then Kevin Strong, I guess, got hurt in the game and actually got placed on IR on Tuesday, and they signed offensive tackle. Maybe some Lions fans remember, if you guys are really diehards, Dan Skipper. Um, yeah, he's back with the football team. I wonder if that's any signs to Ricky Wagner, if he has to miss any time. But, yeah, so they suffered some injuries, and Ty Johnson got hurt pretty early in this game, and they were stuck to two running backs, J.D. McKissick and... Paul Perkins for majority of this game. But that's about it for the injury report on the Lions side. So, Malcolm, let's get into this Lions offense. Obviously, no Matthew Stafford. You know, that was a big surprise on Sunday morning. We found out Matthew Stafford was not going to play. What are your thoughts on this Detroit Lions offense versus that Chicago Bears defense? Well, the the big news of the day was Matthew Stafford being out. And I just want to take all the listeners back to how I took the news. I woke up Sunday morning thinking, okay, you know, this is a normal Detroit Lions. You know, Stafford's on, you know, he's questionable. He's tough as nails. There's no way Stafford's missing this game. So I wake up and, you know, I look at my phone. First thing I do, look at my phone and I see that Stafford was out and my heart stopped. <laughs> I, I promise you, when I saw the Stafford was out, my heart stopped. And I was like, no, no, God, why me? And after processing that we're not we're going to be playing this game without Matthew Stafford, I was a little optimistic because I was actually had to go back to say, all right, who the hell is going to be, who's going to be going to be backing us up? Is it going to be uh, David Blau or is it going to be Driscoll? So, I went back, I saw I was going to be Driscoll, and I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, shit, like, we're going to get killed. <laughs> I was thinking originally we are going to get killed. This, this this is not good. And I was like, you know what, before I, I jump into conclusions, let me kind of dive into Driscoll, because I haven't really dived into exactly his game and how he plays. So, when I looked at Driscoll, I saw his game is a little bit different, how, he, how he's a more mobile, you know, you ran a four five nine in his in his 40 time so like okay this guy has wheels and i saw he had a big arm so i was like you know what this might be interesting so because of that i was thinking okay maybe we have a chance you know we're playing against the bears they don't have the greatest they don't have a the greatest offense in the world we might be able to pull this off if we could pull this off who knows what could happen you know next week or whatever so we go into the game and the first drive was it was promising. You know, Driscoll drove the Lions down the field, and they kicked a field goal. And then after that, it was just it was okay. It was bad. It was check down after check down after check down. It was it was. I'm not sure if it was him, or it was that was a game plan going in. I think it was him because like when you watch the plays, I mean there were some plays down the field, but he just didn't 
throw the ball. Like his first read was is like his first read was a check it down. Like the check down is supposed to be like your last option. Like you look at your first read, he's not he's covered. Your second read's covered. You know, maybe you have a third read, fourth read, then you check that shit down. Now, I mean that's that's the process of it. But it was like he was just going he looked at running back, he called a hike, looked at running back, check it down. It, it was just we wasn't pushing the ball. Yeah, um I you know, definitely agree. It caught us all Lions fans and definitely me off guard when I saw Matthew Stafford's not playing this football game. And you mentioned that I know you and Peter, man, you guys were texting me. I'm like, this is going to be a long yes day. Jeff Driscoll running this <laughs> offense. I'm like, this guy's just finding out this morning. I mean, I didn't know that before the game. But, um, yeah, Jeff Driscoll, I guess, apparently found out the morning of, of game day that he was going to be starting for the Detroit Lions. I don't know how true that is, but that's what he said. I was not very optimistic going into the game. The reason why, when we made our predictions last week, I had the Lions winning in a close game was strictly because I thought Matthew Stafford could beat this football team, and I still believe that. If Stafford was out there, he oh, would have yeah, been able to beat. Him. Yeah, he would have been able to beat that football team. Uh, but when I found out the news, Stafford actually missed the game, and I was shocked. Jeff Driscoll is going to get the start. I was not very optimistic, and people were ringing up stats of saying. Uh, look at guys like Kyle Allen, look at guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Garden Minshew, who have succeeded this year being backup quarterbacks, who have won games for their teams in big situations. Maybe Jeff Driscoll could be that guy. And my answer to those people before the game was, this offense is not very good without Matthew Stafford. It's not. <laughs> like, like they have good wide receivers. Kenny Galladay is a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Marvin Jones is a very good wide receiver in the NFL. And, you know, they do have some weapons on the outside, but I'm telling you, man, Stafford makes these guys look a lot better than they actually are. Like, I mean, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are really good. They'd succeed in basically anywhere, you know, any offense in the NFL. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. If you look at Kyle Allen, he has Christian McCaffrey, who's a top three running back in the NFL. You look at Gardner Minshew, Leonard Fournette, a very good running back in the NFL. Look at Teddy Bridgewater. Had Elvin Kamara, even though he has won a game without Elvin Kamara, which was very impressive. It actually was versus Chicago Bears as well, which is ironic. But um, what I'm saying is the point is their situations were much better than the situation Jeff Driscoll was put in. And Jeff Driscoll not really having much experience, I didn't expect much out of him, honestly. So I was not one of the people that were kind of optimistic. The only thing I, I, I could say that maybe made me optimistic was that there's not very much film on Jeff Driscoll and zero film at all with Daryl Bevel because he wasn't obviously here in training camp. He wasn't here in preseason. And he's never worked with Daryl Bevel because he, you know, he's been in Cincinnati. He's been in San Francisco. Never with Daryl Bevel. I thought maybe, just maybe, because there's no film, maybe he could get off to a hot start because defense defenses will be confused and not know what he's going to you know, give you, and that's kind of what happened, man. You look at the first two drives. I didn't. Ex- I thought it maybe could last a little longer than what it actually did. But you saw the first drive. I mean, Chicago's bear. The the Bears defense was a little confused of what they're gonna, what they're expecting out of Jeff Driscoll because they didn't know what was gonna happen. I'll, I'll say this: um, the Bears really didn't do anything to Driscoll to throw him off his game. There was really no pressure. He was getting in the pocket. He was able to throw whatever he wanted to throw the ball. He just wasn't making the throws. Yeah. He was off on a lot of throws. Some Overthrown. passes he threw, they were 
a little behind the receivers where the receivers will drop it or, you know, they were, the ball wasn't placed right. And that 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 does fall on the receivers too um, because, you know, Kenny Galladay has some catchable balls. He dropped a few. But it, it does go to some bad passes. It's just some awful drives. We didn't have a running game. I mean, Driscoll led the team in, in you know, the rushing area. Well, he only had 37 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, 37 yards on five carries and we had jd mckistic you know he was he was carrying the load he had 10 attempts for 36 yards so that just shows you that we didn't have a running game and even with these stats we were in this game which is it speaks a lot and we'll talk about that a little bit later on why (laughs) the lions were still in this game the lions should have got blown out this game you know y'all just started quarterback who is 90 percent of your offense you have the running game how are we in this game? I mean, the Bears' offense sucks. The the they do, <laughs> <laughs> but man, like we're we, like I said, we weren't supposed to be in this game at all. I made a tweet. I said at the halftime score because I believe it was seven to six Chicago. I'm like, this was just an ugly half by two not very good football teams, and that's how it was at the end of the game. I'm telling you, man, you versus any other, not any other team, but you play most other teams. Like I think if we see the same lineup versus Dallas. On Sunday, we'll get into another episode when we preview them. Oh shit! I don't know um, anything about that. Yeah, if, if like I think it would look a lot uglier than that. I just think the Bears are just that bad. Honestly, why this game was competitive and actually came down to a last two minute drive. I think that's that <laughs> really is what it comes down to. I think the Chicago Bears are just not good at football. They're not very good. They're not a good football team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's get into this Lions defense. So me and you, the you know the people don't obviously know our points yet, but unless you follow us on Twitter. We're kind of like, you know, divided in this category. You know, we agree on a lot of stuff, but we're a little divided on here. So I want to hear your take. Let the listeners know what you thought of this defensive performance versus the Bears and if you think this could be a carryover effect. Carryover effect? I do not know. I mean, I don't look at one week ever and then say, this is our defense now. I'm never like that. Even when they played against Giants, we played the Giants and we stopped Shaquan. I was the first one to say, hey, look, <laughs> Saquon is not 100% healthy. I'm not going to look at this game and say that we fix our running defense. And it showed the following week we couldn't stop anybody. It was, it was just bad. It was the same thing all over again. But I will say this. Watching the Detroit Lions this week and the defense this week, as far as and what I'm looking at, I'm looking at the pressure. I'm looking at how they're getting at the quarterback. I'm looking how they're stopping the run. I'm looking at all that stuff. This was one of the this is was one of Detroit's Lions better performances out of this whole season. And I say that because they were getting pressure on Mitch Trubisky. They sacked him five times. They held the Bears two for twelve on third down. They held the Bears to two hundred a total of two hundred and twenty six yards. And they held their rushing game to eighty one total yards. So as far as what they're able to do on the defensive side, I get it. This is the Bears. But, I mean, they don't have the worst offense in the league. Uh, they don't. They don't. Who, I think they're like worse? 29th. They're 29th in offense. So there's three. There's, there's, there's other teams that's worse than theirs. Mm. <laughs> but we were able to stop there. They were, we were to completely sh- shut down. Mm. I mean, yeah, we could argue and say Mitch Trubisky had two good drives on us. But I don't, I, I'm not going to look at two drives and, and base that on the whole defense and how they played. 
And that's where a lot of people are basing it on. If there's a lot, the people that are saying that we had a bad performance defensively, they're looking at those two drives and they're saying, Oh, we let Mitch Kibitzi score. We, our defense is horrible. And we didn't have the best year defensively, but like I said, this is one of the better defensive performances we played out there. And if we are able to play like this every single week, I think we'll have a way better record than we do right now. Um, I guess where I'm at with this defense is I think that Bears offense is just so disgusting. And Mitch didn't necessarily look good, but he looks out out there, man. He was moving the ball well. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. And he's not looked that confident all year long. He's looked pretty bad. You know, he's. I think he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now, honestly. I think he's, like... I think it's that bad. I don't think their offense is good. I don't think they have playmakers outside. You know, they have some solid receivers like Allen Robinson. Um, but I don't think this Bears offense is good. And the reason why I'm not convinced is because I still hate this defensive philosophy. I still hate it, man. Like, I didn't see the adjustments I was hoping or wanting to see this week. You know, I saw, I still saw rushing three, a lot of rushing four, still saw... Still saw Mitch Trubisky having a lot of time in the pocket. Him converting big passes because we were playing a one-on-one man coverage when our guys are just not good enough. Guys like Will Harris, like I said, week after week. I don't think this guy is ready. Reason why I hate the Quandre Diggs trade. And we just threw a guy like Will Harris under the fire who I think is stunning his growth right now because he is not ready. And you could see that, man. He gets almost killed every single week. By yeah, one play, he's not ready. He's I, not ready I, I, I know he's not. He's not ready. Yeah, but he's throwing the fire because of injuries. Yeah, it is. But like, I mean, even when they traded Kawandre, he was expected to get the you know the big carry of the role after Kawandre. I know. I no, it was supposed it, to be. It was supposed to be um Tavon. I know. Tavon Wilson and um and, and Twenty One Savage. Yeah, I mean, I, I you probably have. I still think they would have a lot of Will Harris. I mean, if you actually look at it, they ran a lot of three safety packages versus the Bears, even yeah, when they I mean, only had trying, three safeties. They were trying to get him in there, kind of like how we use Tracy Walker last year, try, kind of like ease him in there, not have more. him starting, but just trying to get him to see the field just enough, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately, injuries forced him into that role. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm just not convinced by this defense and you brought a good point you never want to just take anything away from one week you mentioned oh, the yeah. giants no. how we stopped the run that week and then we just got killed the next week by the raiders yeah. by josh jacobs i i get that but i think matt patricia's defense or whoever the hell's defense is mr baloney paul pastacolone whoever the hell <laughs> calls the d i think it's still a joke man you made mitch trubisky throw you know, he, he, he threw, threw three, three touchdowns this football game. Three touchdowns. Well, one one of the touchdowns, we gave him the ball, like, on the 20-yard line. I mean, like, it was going to happen. <laughs> it, it, it was going to happen. I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm looking at more, I guess, as the – You're looking which, at his passer rating, and you're like, oh, he, he had a 130 passer rating. Not even the that. The best I'm, passer rating in the, since he had in the league. Yeah. Not in the league, but this year. I'm, That's what you're looking at, but – I'm I'm looking more at where's the carryover? Like, where am I supposed to be convinced that this defense has adjusted? Where is this defense? Like, wh- wh- where am I supposed to be happy with this defense right now? Like, I don't think I can be. They, like, this was the worst offense we've faced all year. I think it's the worst offense in the NFL. No, I, I, I think mean, it is. You, you you put you put Cincinnati there. I mean, 
Come on. <laughs> okay, okay. It's there, one there's of the a lot of teams that there's a lot of teams that's, that that struggle offensively. I mean, I know we don't like Mitch, but come on. You, you, is, is Ryan Fitzpatrick better than Fitz? I mean, they're better than uh, Mitch. It's not much different, man. It's yes, not it is. <laughs> I don't think it's much different. Like you compare Chicago to Miami's offensively, I don't think it's much difference. Honestly, I don't like. They're both awful. They're both disgusting. The thing, the thing, the thing is with, with Chicago is that, I mean, last year they didn't have the worst offense. No, and they they were not bad. Yeah, they weren't that. They weren't bad last year. And as far as not starting, not giving your your, your quarterback any reps in preseason, I knew he was going to start off rusty. I mean, Mitch Trubisky started off the year awful, but can Mitch Trubisky make some throws? Can he make big time throws? Can he make plays with his feet? Can he do it? Of of course he can. Not this year. He hasn't been able to do he, it. Exactly. I mean, like I said, I, I knew he's gonna start off slow. But is that gonna be Mitch Trubisky the whole year? Who knows? This Mitch Trubisky could probably ball out from here on out. I don't see that happening. I just don't <laughs> see that happening. But, I, this but offense I, still blows, man. <laughs> I mean, there's what I'm saying is there, there's worse offenses in the league. Okay, but and, and we did a good job. Like I would feel like you guys right now if Mitch Trubisky would have threw for four hundred on us, kind of like what Daniel Jones did to us. If he would have did what Daniel Jones did to us and threw for four hundred yards, uh, touchdown. I don't care if he threw one touchdown. If he threw for four hundred yards on us, I'll be pissed. But we kept this guy under two hundred. Two hundred. If Mitch Trubisky was playing any other team right now with these stats, they would have lost. Any team. Any team in the NFL, he throws for 173 yards, three touchdowns. I could see them losing. He threw for under 200 yards. That's 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 that, that's the thing right now. He didn't like torch us. He threw. He made some big time throws that he made. I mean, you can't take away those throws he made, like the throw he threw to Allen Robinson. That was just a good ass throw. What did you want the Lions to do at that point? I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm I'm not convinced. I'm just I'm trying to see where I could take a positive and say maybe we could carry this over. I don't. Yeah. Think we, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I'm not. This, this is the thing. I'm saying they played a really good defensive game last week. Last week, I'm on keywords. Last week, I'm not saying that the defense is fixed. I'm not saying that we're back to where we were the end of last year. With the defense, I'm not saying all that because we could get torched next week. We could go against the, the Cowboys next week, and Zeke could run all through us. After we shut down the Bears running game, Zeke could come in next week and just, just run all through us. I'm not saying that it's fixed. I'm just saying they had a better performance, one of the better performances they had all year. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't think it was a good performance. I still think it was. We got I, five sacks. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking at the defensive line, what you're looking at, we sacked the quarterback five. We got, we got five sacks. It wasn't five Covered sacks, it wasn't five sacks that the quarterback just fell and then we touched them. It wasn't five sacks like that. It literally, the, it could be called hike. We pushed the pocket and we got to them. They played better, I'll say that. They played yeah, better. Yeah, I mean, they, they played, if they would have played the way they played last week all year long, there's no way in hell we'll be three and five. I guarantee you, if this was a game that Matthew Stafford played and we won, if we won this game, say we won. 2813. 20. Oh, okay. 71-28-13. Because I do believe if Matthew Seifert played, they wouldn't have scored that touchdown where they got the interception because that interception wouldn't have happened. 
Let's say we won 28-13. We held the Bears off uh, total offense to 223 yards. We got five sacks on Mitch Trubisky. We held the running game to 81 yards. What would you say about this defensive performance? Would you still say Mitch Trubisky had two good drives? This defense is terrible. We suck. <laughs> would you say that or would you say, man, we played one of our better games. We had completely, you know, we held their offense to damn near 200 yards. We got five sacks. Where would the pressure them? That's what you guys would say. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take away that this is one of their better defensive performances, but like I mentioned, it's just not something to be. I'm not impressed with it. I'm just not impressed with it. I think the philosophy still sucks ass. I still think the scheme sucks ass. And they did, they adjusted too late, in my opinion. Do you want to take a take a let's, quick break? Uh, and let's take a quick break, yeah. Yeah, let's <laughs> take a quick break, man. Let, 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 me, let, let, me, let me cool down a little bit. Let, let, let's take a quick commercial break. We're going to talk a little bit about Harry's. You know, you guys, I, you know I love Harry's, so we'll talk about Harry's. But we'll be back. All right, guys, let's talk about Harry's. You guys hear me talk about Harry's all the time. Best in the business for the shaving business. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave, it hasn't really changed much. The ancients of Greece didn't need the flex balls or the heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry doesn't overcharge you to you know, get those very expensive razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave. Easily glide, low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Why would you use Harry's? Harry's is a return to the essentials. Quality, durable blades at a fair place. Just $2 per blade. Harry's just super convenient. Blades refill are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So if you guys do not They'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show of the Pride Podcast can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. You get a weight, economic handle for a firm grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shaving gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade to cover your your razor easy and grab on the go go to harrys.com slash blue wire and start shaving today talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy usually we just brush it off or blamed ourselves by saying things like i lost my mojo or we avoid it all together with excuses like i had a long day at work or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. You try to make it feel like you're tired. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with a free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. 
But now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a real doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash bluewire to get a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash bluewire for a free visit and to get started. Getroman.com slash bluewire. Tell them Malcolm sent you. Europe. We are back. So, uh, Malcolm, did you want to add anything else about the Chicago Bears game, or do you want to just get into the segments of Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week? Let's just, yeah, let's go into Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week. Let's, 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 let's hit that up. Oh, boo Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess we'll start off with me. Oopsie Doopsie of the Week. I want to break down the bevel. Um, I actually thought... You know, you look back at it. There was some receivers actually going deep. There were some guys in the middle. I I could I can't tell. I really don't know if it was just Jeff Driscoll going first instincts. You know, let's check it down. And oh, it was. Like I I I, I don't know. You know, it could have been Daryl Bevel just being conservative as hell. But this game plan, or this game at least, I don't know if it was the game plan, but this game at least just reminded me. Too many of bad memories of Jim Bob Cooter's offense, man. It, it really did. It was just like conservative as as hell. You know, I saw uh, third and long draws at the end of the half. I saw a lot of captain checkdowns. Yeah, just, they they call that they call it the draw play. Yeah, sure. well, I, yeah, that's. Um, but just so much conservative shit, and it, it gave me too many flashbacks of Jim Bob Cooter and. I'm not saying that's what Daryl Bevel is. I'm not saying that's what Daryl Bevel has been. You know, I've really actually enjoyed Daryl Bevel so far. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Jeff and, I guess, a combination of Daryl Bevel. Like I, like, I don't know. It's one of the two, obviously. I don't know who it exactly falls on. But I wasn't – I just – I didn't like the game plan going into or if it was Jeff Driscoll just missing it. I couldn't tell. So, you know, if that's you guys – so who, who, whoever it is, man, you know, you guys could determine it if it was on Bevel, if it was on Jeff. Let me know. I don't know who Jeff. it was on. It was definitely Jeff, man. Did you see that last drive? Okay, I mean, yeah, we saw like the that, that was one of the worst oh two minute offenses God. I've ever seen, ever. Yeah. I've seen I mean, better two minute drives in training camp before, and I've seen David fails at training camp. And I guess we'll just jump into the ball of the week. And since Pierre's not here, um, shout out to Pierre. I'm gonna. I guess I'll. Take over his baller of the week uh, segment. So for the baller of the week, this is coming from Pierre, from Pierre. Um, he's actually giving it to an offensive lineman, and this guy, this offensive lineman, shocked the hell out of me because I, I gave him hell in the beginning of the year um, after that Arizona Cardinals game, and he got hurt, and I was like, yo, maybe we should you know sit this guy out, you know, and, and start you know Crosby, and he came in and he's been balling out ever since. He's been handling his own. He's been shutting, kind of shutting down these elite edge rushers. You know, he, he shut out Hunter. Um, the Smiths. The, the, the Smiths. And then he did this week. He did it to Mac, Khalil Mack. And he held Mac to zero sacks. Zero. Zero. And this guy's in, in, in the ball of the week is going to Taylor Decker. And it's well-deserved. Taylor Decker's having a hell of a year. I honestly... Honestly, feel like it's a Pro Bowl type year for Taylor Decker. Hopefully, he gets in. I, I kind of already see the drawing on that because I know how it is with Detroit Lion players and getting Pro Bowls and you know 
getting a you know the recognitions of what they're doing i already know it's hard as hell at that point so i don't know if he's gonna get in but that guy deserves it man you look at the edge rushers he played week in and week out and held guys to either one sack or zero sacks you know and 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 the pressures you limited the pressure stafford is pretty much clean stafford got hurt because he tried to run somebody over which is <laughs> which is a, a, another story on on that end but besides you know stafford being a pocket he's been pretty clean this year yeah. I think this is probably one of Stafford's cleanest years in the pocket in mm-hmm. for for some time. Yeah, and Stafford's probably. been able to sling that ball this year, man. And yeah, he had I, time. Yeah, and that's you know, why that's why you're seeing a top five offense this year, man. That's yeah, why you're well, seeing a good offense. Well, because of Driscoll, it went down. We're, we're down to like seven. I well, think we're I'm, I don't even <laughs> count this week. I don't count this week. I'm just saying in general, because, man. You look at yeah. before this Chicago Bears game, this offense has been balling with Matthew Stafford and. You know, you mentioned Taylor Decker, well deserved. You know, he kept yeah, Khalil Mack in check this week, and you mentioned he's in, he's been doing it all year. After that Arizona game, he's rubbed that rust off, and it looked really good this year. But that whole offensive line, man, I've been really proud of him in general. Even when you know Ricky Wagner was out there, he held his own. I mean, he wasn't phenomenal, but he's doing his thing. And another guy I want to give credit to, man, for stepping in when Wagner got hurt. Terrell Crosby, man, he looked real good when Wagner got. Yeah, you know the concussion in the game. I was proud of Terrell Crosby, man. He's he, a future starter. He he held his own at that right tackle spot, and he's done that all year. Whenever they've called his name and when they needed him to go in there and you know get some reps in there, he's been Mister Reliable this year, and that's all you could ask for out of Terrell Crosby. And then yeah, like you mentioned, he could be a future starter for this Detroit Lions offensive he, line. He I, I like Terrell, man. He's looking he, good. Yeah, he is. I, I could see it. He's he's gonna be a future starter. Maybe you know who knows. Maybe next year or the year after. I don't know yeah. where where Rick Ragnar's going to be at in his position, but I can see him taking his spot. Yeah, I mean he's looked really good, and I wouldn't be disappointed with that. I like Joe Crosby, man. Um, kudos to Detroit Lions offensive line: Graham Glasgow, Frank Ragnow, Joe Dahl, man. I mean they get you know burned every here and there, but that's just that's you know expected. Only only if they can run block. This would be like the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I mean we've mentioned this before, man. The run blocking, it's not been good by any means, but it's yeah. not as bad as everyone make it, makes no, it sound, been, I think. It's been damn right awful. It, <laughs> I mean, you look at some of the running backs, man. They miss holes, man, and it just makes the run blocking look so much worse than it actually is. No, you, like, look at this. Even when Kerryon Johnson was healthy, how many times did you had to make a guy miss before? No, no, no. no. I, like I said, it's not been good. It's not been good. But people, yeah. people make this shit sound like it is the worst run offense of all time. I and mean, I, it's, I think I, it's a talent too, man. It's up there. It goes hand in hand. As it, far as the, as far as um the running backs that we have, and then also that that, that run blocking is like I don't know. There's like guys just shut off of these guys so easily, and, and when they when they're run blocking is just not hasn't been good. It seems like it's only been bad or not really good when they run up just the A gap. It seems like it's not bad when they run on the edges, does it? Like when they run on Taylor Decker's side, it's not been bad, honestly. Yeah, they just don't do it. Throw some stretch plays and some tosses or something. I don't know. They just don't do it though. Enough. I, I don't, I don't know. That's that's a different story on a different day. That, but that's a different story. Let's just go into um. Let's get into the big topic everyone's talking about. The big topic. The topic uh, that has everybody divided. Yeah. It is like the Civil War. This is yeah. a civil war between the Lions fans. We have one side of the Lions fan base that are y- chanting, fire Patricia, 
Get rid of Bob Quinn. Breaking pencils. We need to start over. This shit sucks. <laughs> and then we have another side who's saying, wait a minute. Give these guys a chance. We've been battling injuries all year. You know, they showed flashes. I mean, there's a little bit of a culture change in Detroit. Give these guys a chance. Yeah. So, right now, the fan base is, is divided. And I'm going to be the first one to say, I don't disagree with any of you guys. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you guys. Both sides, I think the Lions at this point, Lions fans at this point have the have the right to pretty much blame whoever the hell they want to blame at this point because <laughs> we've been taking losing for a very long time. If you want to blame Matt Patricia, I give you permission to go blame Matt Patricia. I do not care. If you want to blame injuries, blame injuries. I think at this point of not seeing a winning program for decades, I mean, we're going back to probably, hell, I mean, we're going to the... You know, back to the ninety, the, like the ninety, early nineties, when we won a division and won a playoff game. That's how long it's been. Oh, nineteen ninety one. The last time you, yeah, well, last time we won a playoff game was uh, yeah, nineteen ninety one. Last time what, we won a division, division was ninety three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you witnessed those seasons, and I this is it. for the older crowd, if you've been through it all and you witnessed those seasons, I do not blame you on who you blame. What's going on right now, and then how you f- want things to happen right now? It just it is just what it is. But we're divided, and we're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because I <laughs> I already know where Tyler stands on this, and if you haven't seen the video, <laughs> Tyler went on a complete rampage. Tyler, how many how many Patricia shirts do you own? I own three at the moment. You own three at the moment. This well, is I, I, I did. I did. You did? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, right, okay, so, okay. Realistically, I still own the T-shirts. Okay, he still, ha- he still owns them. <laughs> so he made a video of him taking his Patricia shirts, and he has a whole bunch of them, and just singly just tosses them in the trash, just tosses them. And he had a Matt Patricia pencil. <laughs> what did that pencil say? Fear the beard. <laughs> Fear the beard. And he cracked it on the camera. Just cracked it. Did he just see the anger when he cracked it? It was, it was hilarious. But <laughs> I've, man, cooled down, like, I've cooled down a little bit, son. He cooled down since then. I just want to. I just want to hear your 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 thought on this. So you want Matt Patricia gone? You think he's been terrible? He's been awful. What's going on? I, I, I want to hear it, Tyler. And and for listeners, Pierre feels the same way as Tyler. They're both. Oh yeah. They both feel the same way about this topic. Yeah. So I, Tyler's going to pretty much talk for Pierre in spirit. This is why I wish talking Pierre, about this I w- together. I wish Pierre was here with me right now. You know, we'd be like going, this is, this is our tag team right here. But this is yeah, where me and this, Pierre, this, this, like we love the lines. We agree on a lot of stuff, but this is where we just like connect, man. This is like our tag team right here. Me this, and is Pierre. Their, this is their tag team right here. Yeah. They're both on this. They do not want Patricia, Patricia here. I'm more on the mix side. On the, the neutral side, I'm like in the middle. Mm-hmm. But but you're, more, but you're more 51, 49. Matt Patricia gone though, right? I don't. I don't. I, I don't I <laughs> I'm do just messing. I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. I'm, I'm like I said. I'm, I'm dead in the middle, and that's where I stand right now. Fair and enough. I, I'll go through my reasons why. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. So 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 Tyler. Yeah. Why do you want this guy gone? All right. So I looked at Patricia. When they hired this guy 
after Jim Caldwell's 9-7 and season after the 2017 season. I looked at when they hired Matt Patricia. I looked at this guy. This head coach job for anybody about to join the Detroit Lions job is a very intriguing job because not many situations you get to walk into a situation with an elite quarterback, a veteran quarterback like Matthew Stafford, and who's ready to win. Tyler, can I stop you real quick? Yes. I just, I, I mean, when you said that, it, 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 it hit me in the heart, man. When you said that, coming in a situation with an elite quarterback, a veteran quarterback, and this is fun, this is why this is why I wanted to stop you real quick, because Matthew Stafford was the topic of the Lions all last year, offseason, this is a guy, should we dump him? And now we're right back calling him this guy an elite quarterback. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, it, 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 I love it. All right, just just continue. Yeah, Stafford's okay. elite. There, go ahead. Okay, we're com- you know Stafford's a very good quarterback. He came into a very good situation, in my opinion. Him being the defensive-minded head coach, we said after the 2018 season, let's let this guy bring in his guys. Let him, let's let him bring in defensive guys. They know his scheme. Guys that are bought in. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. He came into a situation where I said he had three tasks. Not simple tasks, but three tasks. And NFL is not an easy job. And I would say this is one of the easier three tasks that he had to complete. And I'm going to say he's completed one out of two of them as of right now. And the three tasks were, one of them was to find an offensive coordinator and get rid of Jim Bob Cooter. Did it a little late, but he got Daryl Bevelin. So that's the task he's completed so far. Task two, be a good game time manager. Call, right calls on defense. Be just a good game time manager. Good challenges. Manage the clock, whatever. You know, our buddy Jim Caldwell wasn't the greatest game time manager. And this guy is not a good game time manager either. Task three, reboot this defense to make it a top 15 unit in the NFL. Another incomplete task that he's done. And it's just unacceptable at this point because Matt Patricia walked into a situation where this guy had all the cap room in the room. He had top 10 cap room in the NFL to get whoever he wanted. He could overpay whoever the hell he wanted. He went out and got Trey Flowers, Jesse James, and Justin Coleman. That's who he went out and paid. He had the choice to get anybody he wanted in the market, trade market, whatever he wanted. He came into a situation with nine draft picks in 2019, or, you know, the offseason. Top 10 draft pick. I mean, those guys haven't been playmakers this year. You know, you could say Jelani Tavai's been all right. Fair enough. He's been solid. Um, but Will Harris has not looked good. Threw him into a situation where he's not ready. Pro Football um, Focus has Jelani Tavai as the second best. Ah, okay, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Amani uh, Awarie hasn't seen the field yet. Fair, because you know he's a development project. But what I'm saying is that his defense is currently ranked number 30, I believe, in the whole NFL. Unacceptable, man. It is unacceptable. Trading a team captain, Kawandre Diggs, because he spoke out. Didn't agree where he was playing. Spoke out about it. 
unacceptable. And I agree with Quandre Diggs. He was in the wrong position. Should have been the strong safety position because we saw in 2018 that's where he succeeded. But they said, oh, Glover Quinn's out. Let's let Quandre go in his position. That's, that's not what I was supposed to work. I expected Tracy Walker filling for GQ and then Quandre stay in the same spot. And the ability just not to adjust, man. This is two years in a row now. We were week 10 last year where we just said, we have not adjusted. You know, it was week 10 around, we were 3-6, and six, and the Lions were running that stupid-ass cover one 90% of the time or 80% of the time, whatever the hell it was. It was way too damn often. It was bad. Running that man coverage when they had guys in 2018 who were not fit for the job. Guys like Nevin Lawson, guys like Deshaun Shedd. Not you can say my boy. You can say my boy. Go ahead, say it. Tease Tabor. <laughs> yeah, say it. Just guys not fit for the situation. He just thinks he has a plan and thinks it's going to work no matter what happens. He doesn't play to his players' specialties. I, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all because you're supposed to play to your players' strength. I think Jared Davis's best ability is sacking the quarterback and rushing up that A-gap, blitzing. Never blitz. We never see blitzes with this team. It's so rare. It is so rare. And like I said, he had three tasks to do. He had one of the better situations to come in. And if I saw any progression, if I saw maybe we went 8-8, eight and eight, we went 9-7, and seven, maybe just missed the playoffs, but I saw progression. This defense was maybe a top 15 unit. Maybe the offense was a little, you know, they needed a little work because, you know, you got your new offensive coordinator. Maybe it takes a little time. Sure. This defense is awful. The scheme is awful. And I don't think it comes down to talent. I think the talent's fine. I really do. I think the scheme is disgusting. I think the scheme is awful. The rushing three philosophy is not working. And it's week 10. And we're still seeing it. And this is year two of Matt Patricia. And we're seeing the same shit that we saw last year that was not working. I think it's a total mess. And this whole man coverage... 90% of the time or whatever the hell it is. It's just unacceptable. And I'm sick and tired of it. I just don't trust this man. I don't trust him. His inability to adjust and his stubbornness just to play guys where they're not suited, you know, bestly suited, I guess you could say. It's unacceptable to me. And I'm just I'm sick and tired of it. I think it's time to move on before we let the thing drag out for too long. And I used to say this team is mediocre. They are below average right now. They're not even mediocre. They've regressed dramatically it's crazy how much they've regressed since the jim caldwell era to the matt patricia era and no i'm not saying we should have kept jim caldwell i've mentioned my points in the past i thought the jim caldwell firing was a good move because it was time to take the next step for a guy who could get you over the hump but right now two years or a year and a half i guess i've not seen matt patricia being able to take that hump no progression from his rookie season as a head coach nothing and it's nothing to be proud of. And I think it's a disgust. I think it's an embarrassment. And even this locker room looks lost right now, man. You see Darius Slay expressing his opinion. He's pissed when they traded Quandre Diggs. Players are not all happy. This locker room basically feels divided. It's just, it's a total mess right now. I think it's better off we peel this bandage now before we let this thing stretch out for another year or another two years. And it's just going to take longer to build this team. Because I don't see a direction where this guy is taking you over the hump or to the next step where Jim Caldwell left it. I don't see it.
<laughs> Hold up, I got I gotta get a sip of water. Malcolm talk yeah, for a little bit. Sip of water, man. I got I got some questions before I jump into my um opinion on this as well. Um, yeah. So we fired we fired Patricia. You say we you know if if we went that route, we fired Patricia. Then then what? What do you mean then what? Like who do we yeah, hire? Like what 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 do we do? Who, what do we? Do? I mean, that, we, that, what what type of like what are you looking to hire? Are you trying to are you trying to hire trying to bring another defensive guy in here? You trying to bring another coordinator? Trying to promote within? See, see, I, I'm one of those people where, this is this is where Michigan football, Jim Harbaugh, people ask me who's next. Honestly, I haven't even thought of it that yet. I really have not thought of it. And you're going to be like, okay, this guy is out of his damn mind. He's going to say fire a guy, and he doesn't even have a guy in mind. That's none of my damn business who they hire. Yeah, because I mean, the chance of you picking the guy right on who they're going to hire is exactly. one to none. Exactly, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. just it's it's a waste of time, man. It's literally a waste of time to try to predict a coach who's going to be who I want now. Like that's just that's not realistic. So I, I don't. You. So I don't have a name for you right now. I don't have a name, but I'm just saying is that you don't want this thing drag out because the whole who's next mentality is lame to me, honestly. Because that's just. It's, it just feels like you're just stuck with it. Like, you want to stay stuck in mediocre, mediocre, and or even below average now, I guess you could say. You got to make changes for changes to happen. If I'm seeing the same shit two years in a row, what makes me believe that change is going to happen? So, I hear you. That's, what, that's where I'm at with it. I, like, I think I don't have a guy in, that, uh, in mind right now. And I'm not going to even say it's going to work. But I don't think Matt Patricia is going to work. So I think you have a better chance at finding someone else now, pulling this bandage now, and try it again. And just try it again. I hear you. This is why I'm in the middle. Um, I'm I'm a part of that semi-older group. Yeah. That, that, that group that's seen a lot of line football. Yeah, you have. Seen a lot of coaches. Seen a lot of GMs. Seen a lot of changes. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. it's like a it's like a never ending circle, mm-hmm. and and to, and to go to your point as far as you know you see in two years if it's not working get rid of it. Pete Carroll first two years went seven and nine. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna just throw it out there. First two years went seven and nine. The following year I think he went eleven and five. Or did or he have Russell Wilson though? He got Russell Wilson the year after that. Exactly. I I, I get you, but Russell Wilson came out of nowhere, you know. But at the same time. I'm not using that as an excuse for, for what's it called. As far as I'm gonna just take it back. I was pissed off with the, the the Jim Caldwell firing. I wanted Jim Caldwell to stay. Because like I said, I'm one of the groups that's seen a lot of Lions football. And what I've seen from Jim Caldwell is the closest we ever been to being contenders. Yeah, definitely. The closest we've been. And when I say that is that we were literally one piece away. And I'm just gonna I'm not gonna talk about too much about the past coaches, because I've been watching. When I became a Lions fan, Bobby Ross was the head coach. A lot of people were like, who the hell is Bobby Ross? He was a coach <laughs> in, the, in the late nineties. Um, so I seen a lot. I seen a lot of coaches, but I'm just gonna bring up the last, the last three. All right. Um, a lot of people know Jim Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim Schwartz became the Detroit, the Detroit Lions head coach in 2009. 2009 with the Lions, he took them two and 14. 2010, he won six and 10. 2011, he went 10 and six. That was that year when Stafford threw for 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns. Had a hell of an offensive year that year. 
The following year after that, after the 10-6, he followed up with a 4-12 season and a 7-9 season. They fired him. Yeah. I get it. He was here for one, two, three, four, five seasons, had one winning record with us, one winning season with the Detroit Lions. They fired him. I get it. I get that firing. Jim Caldwell's firing had me hella confused. And a lot of people are saying he's an average coach. He's average. He's average. When I look at average, I'm looking at 8-8, You're 500. You're average. He went first year coming in after taking a 7-9, and nine, you know, taking over a 7-9 and nine team. First year coming in went 11-5. He had a down year the second year. He went 7-9. and nine. Year after that, 97 playoffs, 97 missed the playoffs by one game. When I'm looking at Jim Caldwell's record, he had one bad season. He had one losing one losing season with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. We fired him because they say that he couldn't take us over the hump. You know, he's conservative. You can say, you say what you want. He's conservative. Nine and seven's not good enough. For Bob Nine and seven's not good enough. <laughs> you know, you can say what you want to say. Detroit Lions haven't seen a nine and seven year since Jim Caldwell. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. He took us to the playoffs twice. And you can see, you make argument. He hasn't won a game. He hasn't won a playoff game. 2016. You know how much injuries we had? And a lot of people are blaming this year on injuries. Do you know how many injuries we had in 2016? Nah, that, that, this shit has not been an injury plague season at all. In 2016, Matthew Stafford playing with nine fingers. Yeah, Justin still took us to the playoffs. as a back at one point. As a and and back. a back. <laughs> he had no running back. And, and, and mind you, all these records Jim Caldwell did, he did it without a running game. Yeah, he did. We were literally one piece away. You could say that falls on Jim Caldwell, though, for not finding a running back. It, it's, it's a mixture of the, G, of the GM. You know, they're, they're trying to get guys. They're drafting guys. They're bringing guys in. But it didn't work out. It was just injuries after injuries after injuries. It just didn't work out. Bring in Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, he took the, the 9-7 Detroit Lions and made a 6-10. and 10. Yes. And he followed that up the 6-10 season with this year. Who knows where this season's going? I mean, this year, you're looking at if we lose three more games, we're going to end this year with a losing record again, a losing season, and we'll be under 500. If we lose three more games. So, it, it hasn't been good. Now, where do I stand on Matt Patricia, even though it hasn't been good? Should we fire Matt Patricia? I told you, I've seen a lot of coaches... I'd rather not fire Matt Patricia. Not just me. And even though it has been bad, you know, he had two rough seasons. He looked like he's losing the locker room. He's letting people go. I think maybe three years. Maybe three years, and then that's it. (laughs) I think that's the most I'm going with Matt Patricia, three years. I just don't like us keep switching coaches, man. We just need one consistent guy, one voice. Like, you look at the great teams in the NFL, they only have one thing in common. They all have one voice, one coach, one leader. And that leader been there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You got the Patriots, you know, the Seahawks, you got the, the Steelers. Steelers. Franchises that successful year after year after year is because they have one voice. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we didn't have that since the Barry Sanders days. We had one coach from 88 to like 96. You know, that that's the type of stability we need in Detroit. 
And that's why I just re- I'm just scared. And all those good situations like New England. You mentioned those good situations like Seattle. And that starts with they're the right guy. And I don't think Matt Patricia's the right guy. And I understand the point where you want coaching stability. I want coaching stability. Don't get me wrong. I, I really want coaching stability. I'm not, I don't want to go through this cycle every single year. But I want the right guy. And I, I simply don't think Matt Patricia's the right guy. And you look back at all those situations. You look at the Mike Tomlin. You look at the uh, Bill Belichick. Those guys didn't walk into situations like Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia walked into a, a situation comparable. The most comparable situation I could think of is Matt LaFleur. Him going in to Green Bay with a ready quarterback, having cap room to spend money on, and having a good draft pick, a top 15 draft pick. I think that is the most comparable system I could think of of a head you're, coach. You're right on that. You're, you're actually right on that, man. <laughs> walking into a situation. I don't. I can't think of any other one besides Green Bay. And look at them now. They're yeah. what? 8-2? Like... That is their first year. You know, they had their quarterback already with Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and they had the offseason to get whoever the hell they wanted because they had affordable cap room and a top 15 draft pick. Yeah. I mean, he did come in a good situation. I mean, we were 9 7. We weren't, like I said, we were one piece away. Exactly. We were literally one piece away. Like, Seattle was not good. Yeah. What I don't understand is, I mean, it just doesn't take a a rocket scientist to, to try to fix. And how to turn this franchise around? Exactly. I mean, you just look. I mean, and I'm not a co- I'm not a professional coach. I mean, I, I coached little leagues before, but <laughs> as far as coaching wise, I mean, damn it! Like, you just all you gotta do is look look what we've been missing. You look at Detroit Lions and say, okay, hmm, what can we do to be better? All right, let's just take a look at our. We have a quarterback. We don't have a running back. Let's get a running game. And I understand that he came in. Wanting to do that, but I don't, I don't, it's just not that hard, man. I agree. It's just not know. that hard, man. Just, God damn it, get a running game. Yeah. And people bring up, I and I understand you guys, people like, you know, I have my dad, man, diehard Lions fan, and he's gone through all the pain as well. As, yeah, you know, I feel bad for your dad, man. Yeah, so, you know, like anyone, all these older people, or, you know, just like walk, you know, <laughs> well, you know, just whatever. You know what I mean? People that have been watching the Lions forever, watching the Lions for a very long period of time. I understand you guys saying it never works out, but you never know if it, if you'd never try. You have to try, and you can't just stick with a guy if it's not working. And like I said, I've seen situa- I've never seen a, such a good situation for other head coaches. Head coaches, sorry. Um, it's just one of the better situations you walked to. You know, Patricia walked into almost a blessing situation, one of the easier situations, like I mentioned. But yeah, this, this yeah. thing, this is the reason why he messed up. Patricia had, like I said, we were nine and seven. We had a nine and seven roster. All we had to do was add to that. But what did he do? He come in here, this, you know, completely strips the, the, the system and the scheme. Want to bring in a brand new team in and try to do it his way. So we pretty much scratched off what we had in in 2017. Yeah, they started from plan. You know, they were you like you mentioned, they were pretty close. You know, they, they were, were not one piece far away, and we pretty much scratched that all off. Yeah, they started back to zero percent. To zero percent, exactly. Yeah, because he wanted to bring in his scheme, his defense, his guys, mm-hmm. and yeah, that 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 messed up the situation. That pretty much, we pretty much hit the reset button. You can, exactly, you can, you can say. 
And that's what sucks for Lions fans because we, I'm telling you, Jim Caldwell was the closest we ever been. And we were one piece away. And then we had to hit the reset button. And now we're here. And this is what, this is exactly what Glover Quinn talked about in our pod. This is exactly what Glover Quinn talked about. He said he kind of knew they were going to hit this reset button. And he didn't want to be a part of it. Yep. He he knew the direction they were going at. They were looking for the younger pieces. They were looking to reset. Instead of like kind of like feeding off, all right, you guys are 97. You guys are close. Let's build off that. Instead of saying that, let's build off that. They damn near hit a reset button. I mean, yeah. Even Josh Johnson said himself, man. He's like, they have their plan. Like, they have something that they want to do, you know. It's just, you know, I think when you walk into a situation like that, you don't need to completely hit the reset button. I think you just got to retools like I, the word i like to use not rebuild damn it just add to what they need like exactly. kind of like what what's it called did when he came to the when, when he went to the rams he uh, didn't blow up being blow up fisher's system yeah all he did is added to it exactly and you could even say the same thing with matt lafleur man he just yeah. added to what they had kind of you know they weren't they you know the matt the mike mccarthy era didn't end off on a very positive note but they were still a good football team they still had very good pieces and he kept them around Guys like Aaron Jones, guys like Aaron Rodgers, obviously, Devontae Adams. They had pieces around. They just needed, you know, some other pieces to fix it. And he did that. Yeah, At least it's looking like he did that. So so real quick, before we go into the voicemails, yeah. um, who's to blame with this whole situation? Do you believe it's the injuries? Because a lot of people think it's injuries. And I would like to say I put the voting on Twitter. Yeah. And Twitter actually voted injuries over wow. Matt Patricia. And um, <laughs> over Matt Patricia, I think it was like fifty. It was, it was like a fifty-four oh, so percent of close. the um of injuries is, is is the reason why the season. It was actually fifty-eight percent. Okay, fifty-eight so was close. Fifty-eight percent went injuries slash lack of talent is the reason why we're three-five and one, and we're zero three in the division over the forty-two yeah. percent of Matt Patricia. So I, where do you stand on this? I, I disagree with that, and I, I stated my points already. So um, Matt Patricia. <laughs> I, I think it's Matt Patricia and the BQ you know, experiment. And if it is lack of talent, I still see people supporting Bob Quinn, then you guys should be given your crucifying to Bob Quinn because there's, there's got to be a reason why you're 3-5-1 right now. There's got to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear the injuries card because been, we've been one of the more healthier teams in the NFL. Not last week. Not last week. Not versus yeah. the Bears. We were not one of the healthier teams. But... Even when we had a healthy team, for the most part, we were three, four, and one, and that's still unacceptable. Yeah, so. I was I was gonna get into that. The only week we had a serious injury hit was last week. Yeah, where like we had like how many twelve, thirteen people on the injury report list. It was it was long, it, and then we had, it was it was deep and it was long. There were a lot of guys out, a lot yeah. of guys you know banged up. We I had like four it. or five starters out. I get it, but guys. Welcome to football. Exactly. I mean, shit happens. Every, I mean, this is just happening to us. I'll be pissed. I'll say, you know what? They're destroying our, you know, we're, we're, we're losing because we're hurt, you know, but this shit happens to everybody. Everybody's losing. Everybody's losing key players. Players get hurt. It happens. It's football. Yeah. I can't blame the season on injuries. It, it kind of has to be, it has, I don't think the talent's there. I agree. I mean, we could we could argue and say, all right, we don't have a clear running back right now. You know, after carry on, who do we have? Ty. 
I mean, I could I could make arguments and say we don't have talent in the running back position. I mean, who we have? J.D. McKissick. Yeah, we look at every other position. Essentially, they have we look a at every other starter. position. I think we're I think we're pretty damn good. Our offensive line is well above average. Yeah, they're top fifteen unit. Yeah, especially in pass protection. Our wide receiving core probably the you know if Matthew Stafford plays the rest of the year, if he does, Kenny Galladay and Matt and, and Marvin Jones are both gonna have a thousand yards. Yeah, they, those so we're guys are. a receiving core that has two thousand yard receivers, and Damian Dillard could be pretty damn close. I mean, he, I think he's a top one of the top slide the slots receivers. He's he's good. Yeah, I mean, T.J. Hawkinson hasn't been the the best. He's a rookie, but I think we're I think we have the talent I defensively. Agree. I mean, we have Darius Slay. He's one of the best. You know, Coleman had a hell of a year. I can't blame it on talent. I agree. Talent's there. I guarantee you right now, if we had a coach, a winning coach, coach this roster right now, I'm not going to say right now because we're pretty, we're, we're really hurt right now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah, if you don't yeah. coach this from weeks. week one, there's no way in hell with 3 5 and 1 and 0 3 in division. There's just I no agree. way. I don't see, I don't see a, a, a real good coach letting the Arizona game happen. I don't see him letting the Green Bay game happen. There's like games like that is you know why we're in this position and that falls on coaching. Sorry guys, I mean there's a lot of people like oh you, we're hurt you know guys. <laughs> a good coach would not let the Arizona Cardinals. I think we're down when we're being we're playing Arizona Cardinals. I think the fourth quarter where the score was like twenty four to like ten or twenty four to fourteen something crazy. We let them come back. A good coach wouldn't let that happen, guys. Is this what it is? It is what it is. So this year, yeah, it's going. To, I I agree. I I would believe, I would say this year is going to Matt Patricia. And the reason why we're three five and one in only three in the division. All right, let's do. We're a little over an hour right now. I don't want to drag this out too too much. So let's do about like two, maybe three voicemails. Okay. What's going on, guys? Uh, here. Um, I'm wondering what you guys think about the job security that old Matty P and Bob Quinn have. I mean, I know Coach Fisher's only been here for, you know, two years, and he's <laughs> supposed to instill this winning culture, but uh, so far I don't see that. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but are they in the hot seat right now? Because I don't know if I want to trust Coach Patricia for another year to guide us the way that he's supposed to. Him and Bob Quinn have their, you know, their puzzle pieces put in, and it's still not working. Um, so yeah, you guys think him, both Coach Patricia and Bob Quinn are in the hot seat for the upcoming year, and if so, do you have any replacement options? Um, yeah. Thank you. I mean, do you believe he's in the hot seat? Well, I don't. I actually don't know if he's on the hot seat. Um, I actually think he will be here next year, no matter what happens. Honestly, mm. I, um, do I think he should be? Yes, I think both of them should be. I actually, I, I mentioned my points. I want them both gone. <laughs> yeah, sure do. But um, do I think they actually are or will be gone? Uh, honestly, I'd be. I'd have be to come from Martha. I, I'd be shocked, honestly, if they yeah. are, are either are gone, honestly. They are. All right. Next question. 
Hey guys, it's Jared down here in South Florida. Go Lions, one pride, baby. My question is, how do we have a defensive head coach and how do we spend a bag on defense this offseason and we're not seeing performance and trading away Quandary Diggs, especially now seeing what Will Harris is doing in the secondary and at safety, it's scary. It, it honestly is scary. And my, so my question is to you, what do we have to do to fix that? Thanks, guys. Go Lions. Well, Tyler, did you did you have all these people call in? Are these your people? or <laughs> They sound like I agree, I agree with these people. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, I hope they came from my page. I hope you guys are following me. <laughs> So 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 the yeah, South man, Florida, South Florida. That's where you're from. Yeah, give a shout out to yeah. I want to give a yeah real quick shout out to um this this guy had the same area code um as me. Um, that's awesome, so yeah, man. definitely want to give a shout out. You know, from Broward County. You know, big shout out. It's awesome, but um yeah, man. I I've agreed with the two callers so far, man. I'm I'm liking the liking the attitude you guys got so far. <laughs> I mean, I I mentioned my points. I said the same yeah. thing about Will Harris. I thought the Diggs trade was awful, and the the way they put Will Harrison's situation, I'm not a fan of it. But yeah, I mean, you got you guys. I like you guys. <laughs> Next question: If we fire Matt Patricia, who do you think will be our next coach? And do you think Matthew Stafford will play this year, or how many games he'll sit out? Thank you. God damn, yo! What the hell is every? If we fire Matt Patricia. <laughs> These are your people's. Did you like how these people calling? Uh, I mean, did I, did say, put the, I did put the Instagram story out there. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I'll answer more of the Matthew Stafford question. We talked about Patricia. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he if he is back out there, honestly, just knowing how tough that guy is. I think he actually will probably be out there, even if this season is a lost cause. He's just that much of a winner. He wants to be out there. So... I hope they place him on IR and just let that guy heal up because I think the season is a lost cause, like I mentioned. But knowing him, I know he won't want to sit out. And he's going to find his way to in that lineup, man, somehow. So we'll see. But um, he, he's tough as nails, so I'm not shocked either way. Okay. I, I'm going to take – we're going to take the last question. And then, you know, guys, <laughs> we're getting a lot of calls. The remainder and um, voicemails, we're going to try to get him on the next pod. But this one, it looks like, this one actually looks like, I don't even think this is a question. I just think he's had a lot on his chest, and he just needed to vent. Let him vent, man. Let him vent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Expre- this, this, this is a time to vent. I mean, you piss off about the lines, you piss off, just, uh, just leave a voicemail. I'm with it, man. Let, let Express his opinion on the podcast. Yeah, this, this I want to hear this, it. This, this here, let's see what's going on here. I think it's time to move this team to London. Uh, I think the Fords need to get rid of the Lions. They're the laughing stock of the NFL. Nothing's ever going to change, no matter what we do. We will always be the laughing stock of the NFL, and I am tired of it. So go every other team in the NFL but the Lions, because I'm done. (laughs) Okay, then. Oh man, the London Lions. <laughs> this oh, man, man on the air on 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 the voicemail officially gave up on the Lions, which is crazy. Okay, I mean, <laughs> this, is what I it mean is. this is why we do the voicemail. I mean, 
if you need a vent, if you want to let something off your chest, hell, call it. You know, maybe you'll get a laugh out of it. You know, who knows? I found it funny. I like that. Yeah, that, that was that was <laughs> hilarious. He said he, he gave up. He said go any other team in the NFL except the Lions. <laughs> I, wonder, I, wonder, I wonder if you'll even be listening to this. <laughs> if, oh, he, if he doesn't give up the Lions, I mean, oh, I don't know. Well, if you are listening, I appreciate the call. Okay, that is a wrap to episode 59 of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed the episode. It was fun. I mean, I guess you could say it was fun. It was fun vending, I guess, you know, getting it off my chest and being able to talk about this football team. But I hope you guys could, if you guys could please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you guys are listening to. It does help us a lot. So it means a lot to me. So I am out. Peace out, Lions fans. All right, Lions fans. Um, ask a question. If you want to vent anything you need to do, anything Detroit Lions, leave us a voicemail and we'll try our best to get you on the air. The number is 313-355-3116. Leave us a voicemail. And like I said, we'll try to get you on the air. And again, my name is Malcolm and we are out. Peace.